to the book of Psalms, Psalm 119, and we're going to be looking at uh, the section called He, or we would say He, um, and this verses 33 through 34, excuse me, 33 through 40. Now, uh, you'll see that these are spelled out in our, our um in our language, but you'll notice that in your Bibles, um, does the heading have a little, uh, does it have the Greek, or the, uh, excuse me, the Hebrew letter there? Some do, some don't. Mine does. Mine does. Um, and so, it, you say, well, how can, you know, that little curly cue be a mean he? Well, spell... If I was ask you to spell the water, what the letter H, spell it for me. A I T C H, something like that, right? Well, so that's basically what you know. So this is, but then uh, Hebrew letters have a kind of an interesting value to them, and we see the letter uh, the in the Hebrew alphabet uh, gives the idea of guidance. When um, it is used at the beginning of the verb, when it's used at the beginning of verbs, uh, it makes that word causative. In other words, a causative means it calls me to do something, uh, calls me to learn, calls me to understand, calls me to walk, calls me, and so forth. And so um, each of these sentences in this section begins with the letter he, and expresses an appeal for guidance. So uh, we see that he's, and you'll see this with teach me, guide me, make me walk, incline. You can say calls me to learn. You can say uh, calls me to have understanding, calls me to walk, calls me you know, <clears throat> incline my heart. So that's kind of a causative. Lord, you're the one that has to give to me. <clears throat> and so cause me to do these things. And so he says, each of these sentences in the section is, um, expresses an, an appeal for guidance. And then it's not just a, an appeal for guidance for the next thing to do. It's guidance for general purposes of life that you know that his hand's upon you. Um, and I quoted G. Campbell Morgan here. It's not an appeal for direction in some special case of difficulty, but for a clear manifestation of the meaning of the will of God. In other words, Lord, I want to know, I want to see you work. And Lord, other people talk about, and we see in the Bible how that you led them. Uh, let me, Lord, I'm really wanting to understand. And, and uh, remember, understanding is the why. Uh, um, we see the word is the what. And so you can memorize scripture all you want to, but uh, we won't, and we know it's God's revelation. But, but, but we want revelation of God's revelation. In other words, what does it mean? Why, why does this apply? And wh why, why are you saying this? And so how does it apply to my life? Lord, um, your word is good, but uh, how does it apply? Now, what happens many times is we do learn the Word of God, but then as we walk with the Lord, then all of a sudden there will be something that comes up and he'll pop that, that, uh, 
that passage in our life into our minds and say, oh, that's what it means. And so, Lord, teach me to be sensitive to what you're doing. And whenever I see your word being fulfilled, even in the decisions I make and the circumstances of life, you know, help me to understand, cause me to understand uh, what, how this applies to me. And so uh, we see then that uh, each one of these uh, letters or each one of these uh, verses, all eight verses, deal with, Lord, teach me something. Help me, cause me to understand. So we'll begin in verse 33. Teach me, O Lord, the way of your statutes, and I will keep it to the end. Give me understanding, and I will keep your law. Indeed, I shall observe, observe it with my whole heart. Make me to walk in the path of your commandments, for I delight in it. Incline my heart to your testimonies, and not to covetousness. Turn away my eyes from looking at worthless things and revive me in your way. Establish your word to your servant who is devoted to fearing you. Turn away my reproach, which I dread, for your judgments are good. Behold, I long for your precepts. Revive me in your righteousness." So we see again, I think what uh, the uh, psalmist is doing is, of course, he's just kind of going through and he's meditating on these. I'm wondering if he's fasting all day or whatever. But uh, he begins with the letter A to, a to Z. But uh, he's really, is he in a time of trouble? Is he in a time of loneliness? Is there, we, we've known that uh, he's, worried, he's concerned about people talking about him and other things. We've already seen that. There's afflictions out there. Uh, there's uncertainty about the future. And so he's, really, he's meditating on all the ways that the word can apply to his heart. And of course, we saw earlier, open down my heart, uh, my, my mind, that I may behold great things out of, your, out of your law. And so he's really going to the word. And even tonight, as we go to the Lord, Lord, teach me some things. You know, help me to understand what your will is. Um, Lord, if you tell me, stayed upon Jehovah, hearts are fully blessed as we preach that perfect peace that you promised to those who will trust you, uh, I want to experience it. I mean, it's not enough for me to hear about it or that other people give their testimonies. Lord, it's got to be for me. It's, there's something deeper than just what I'm reading. And that's what... Uh, we understand with the word of God, it is God breathed. It is deeper than just a few words that we've just read. And so, Lord, if you've said it and it's your revelation to me, then help me to experience it. I, it's not enough that other people in church or my best friend or whatever is a growing Christian. I want to keep growing. I want to keep that warmth in my heart. Prone to wonder, Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. I mean, there's problems in life, and you know, a lot of times I just don't sense it. And so there should be that hunger, and so a hunger and thirst after righteousness. And so it's a it's a two-edged sword. For there should be always an appetite, uh, that spiritual appetite of of the rich John, uh, John D. Rockefeller. What do you want? Just a little more. Well, that's material things. Well, as a Christian, what should we want? Just a little more, just a little more of the Lord. There should be something where we, 
yeah, it's great. And yes, we want that perfect peace. But uh, at the same time, there's more. You know, there, you know, I want it to keep going. I don't want it to end. I want it to get better. And so life should be like that uh, in all in all aspects because we get older and uh, there's always new challenges and there's always ways new ways of looking at things and there's always uncertainties. Um, and so we see that he's saying, first of all, then we look at the petition, teach me, O Lord, the way of your statutes. Now, statutes, of course, are the perfections. I want to know exactly what you want in my life. And notice he says, I will keep them to the end. And I, Lord, I'm in this for the long haul. I'm in this for forever. And I like what Spurgeon says here. He says, uh, the end of our keeping the law will come only when we cease to breathe. It's true, when we die. Uh, no, good ma- no good man will think of marking a date and saying, it is enough. I may now relax my watch and live after the manner of man. In other words, I won't, okay, at the end of the year here, I'm going to just go, the, go my way and live. You know, I'm tired of living for the Lord, so I'm going to give him a deadline. And I'm going to live, I'm going to live my own life uh, on January 1st. That's a horrible uh, New Year's re- resolution, isn't it? And so he's saying, uh, he's saying, Lord, I've committed my life to you. And there's, you know, a lot of people have trouble with that these days, especially in the days that we live, where, you know, how can you commit your life to anything? I mean, after all, you know, things change. And that's true with marriage. It's true with, uh, um, you know, your promises that you make to people. Uh, a lot of pragmatism today. But to, to the idea that, you know, I gave my life to the Lord. And then, oh, very flippantly, well, I could take it back. Well, no, you know, it's, uh, Lord, I've committed my life to you. There's, you know, I have decided to follow Jesus, what? No turning back, no turning back. And he that uh, puts his hand to the plow and uh, looks back, what does the Bible say? He's not worthy of the kingdom of God. So God, so we make these promises, but just like in any relationship, marriage or whatever, uh, even though we make them, there's are those, there are those ups and downs. There's those struggles. Those, there's times of, of great warmth and great coldness. There's times of, of fears and doubts for whatever reasons. Not of the love, possibly, but of, are they going to be here tomorrow? You know, <laughs> um, you know what's going to happen with, after the operation? What's going to happen you know, after the car wreck? Whatever. Or is there going to be a car wreck? Or, you know, all these things that we, we have to fear and doubt. So, Lord, teach me. I, w- I want to keep your weight, even if there are car wrecks. Are you, you know, Lord, I'm not planning on giving you up. up. How many people, oh, something happened in the church, or the Lord did me wrong, and now they want to blame God for the reason they're not serving God today. And uh, this man is saying, you know, it doesn't matter what happens, Lord. Um, I'm... You know, I realize that in all things, I'm to give thanks for this is your will. And so that's that's a very difficult one uh, for some people because their service to the Lord is conditional. Well, if the Lord will do this, then, uh, you know, I'll follow him. Well, no, uh, God says with all my heart that he wants me. My son, give me your heart. 
And so this is unconditional and it's, uh, it's a commitment, a total commitment to the Lord. So first of all, we see, Lord, uh, teach me. It calls me to learn. Help me. There's something deeper, excuse me, than I am. Then in notice, notice in verse 34, give me understanding. Remember the, the teach me your statutes is the what. Okay, this is the word. What does it say? And give me understanding. Why does it say it? And how does it apply to my life? Why does God say this? So Lord, help me to understand that whatever you say is good, but how does it apply? What does it mean to me? And so we see, give me understanding that I may observe it with my whole heart. Uh, I w I, I've given you my heart, but now, Lord, open my heart and help me to understand. The, the, uh, again, I gave you a lot of quotes from other people today. Uh, one is a, another commentator by the name of Eupold. And um, he says, the attitude of the speaker reveals that he senses that there are depths to God's revelation can, that cannot be searched out by man without divine aid. And of course, the idea, um, we know that um, the things of God are foolishness to man, but uh, we know that uh, to us, they are the, even the preaching of the Gospels uh, is the power of God unto salvation. But also the natural man receives not the things of God, for they are spiritually discerned. So Lord, give me that spiritual discernment. Help me to understand what you're saying. And not only to understand it, but Lord, uh, you know, firm up my heart. Help me to have confidence that this is the right way. And only you can give me that comfort and the joy and the strength of the Holy Spirit. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. But... Uh, then in Philippians 2.13, Paul says, For it is God who works both to will and to do uh, for his good pleasure, to do, uh, who works in you to do this. So God is working in your heart. And so, Lord, if you're working in my heart, if, you, if you've got a certain way you're going, then uh, help, me to find, help, me to, help me to get on it. Get, help me to get in line. Uh, I like to... Uh, one of these days, I'm hoping to get this uh, um, thing from Henry Blackaby uh, about um, the will of God. And uh, oh, what is it called? I'm just uh, uh, knowing the will of God. But the idea is God's already working. But how do we join in what he's doing? So God's already doing something. But I want to be on his team. It's not that, okay, Lord, I'm going to lead you. No, it's, oh, Lord, you're already doing something. Help me to join. Help me to get on your team. Help me to get with your people. Help me to move forward your kingdom. And so, Lord, you're doing something. And that, you have to look at what, what are you doing here in this church? I, it doesn't seem sometimes like much. Then other times it really seems like a, a gusher comes along. But, Lord, what are you doing? And help me to be right in line with you so that you can use me. But then again, Lord, that I can see that you're teaching me the way. And so um, experiencing God is what uh, that course that I'd like to get going on with the Henry Blackaby. But uh, <clears throat> so it, it is God who's doing something in me for his good pleasure. So Lord, if it's, you know, if I'm pleasing you, help me to understand what it is. So it's a deeper, Lord, why am I here? What am I doing? And 
you know, I want to find this joy. And, and you tell me if I ask and if I'll seek and I'll find. If uh, I knock, you know, I'm, I'm hunting for it, Lord. So I'm going to keep on knocking, keep on knocking on that door till you open it. And so it's because I've already committed to the end. I, you know, I'm going to serve you. So there should be that peace. And yet, okay, at the same time, plan. We're planning Okay, have to have that peace. So, so how do I go forward? What is the way forward in peace? Basically, what we're asking. So Lord, give me understanding. It's great to know your word, but then Lord, help me to really experience your word in knowing what you, uh, that peace that passes understanding in my heart. And then we say, make me to walk. The word walk, of course, we've talked about many times, is a lifestyle. Once you learn to walk, then uh, you don't think about putting one foot in, fr 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 in front of the other. Um, the steps of a good man ordered by the Lord. And so you're already walking and he's guiding you many times you don't even know it. But so we see that, uh, I like what uh, Eliezer, the uh, servant of Abraham, when he was going to get a bride for Isaac, and when he was talking to Laban, he said, I being in the way, the Lord led me. In other words, I was in God's will and God showed me what he wanted. That's what we want is, Lord, I know I'm in your will, but now you can lead me. Now, if all you're doing is saying, the Lord, lead me and I'm going to, but tell me when you, when you want me. No, that's not it. It's Lord, you know, uh, thy will be done in my heart today as it is in heaven. So, Lord, I want to be in your will. I don't know exactly what that means. I just talked about a little bit of car trouble beforehand. But God knows all that. Uh, nothing serious, I hope. But then again, you got to get it checked out and all that. Well, Lord, those are all parts of the ways of God in my life. I mean, do you grumble about them or do you say, okay, Lord, uh, give me wisdom. Even if, you, if I have to have a repairman, help me to be a witness to that guy. You know, whatever. It's the idea of... I'm in your way. And so everybody I meet is a divine appointment. You know, think about it. Every problem that comes up is just an opportunity and we're close. Everything that's coming in my life, there's you know, no good thing you'll withhold from them and walk up rightly. So sometimes the best thing I can have is just understanding. So you know, we look at this. And again, this is during those times of many times where you don't feel like anything is happening is when you get the most concerned. And so, Lord, lead me in, even in the, you know, in the valleys, whether it's the valley of the shadow of death, whatever it is. Lord, I know that you're leading me. And so, and the fear of the unknown sometimes is the worst fear of all. But um, he says, make me to walk in your commandments. So, uh, Lord, help me to learn what those commandments are. Bring them to my mind because I want to delight in them. Remember, delight thyself in the, in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Uh, again, it's a good, healthy appetite. Again, I quote Spurgeon. He says, this is the cry of a child that longs to walk, but is too feeble of a pilgrim who is exhausted, yet pants to be on the march or a lame man who pines to be able to run. And uh, you know, it's, uh, I, don't, I don't have everything I want. You know, I'm not a Joshua. 
you know, I'm not a, you know, I'm not a David. I, you know, I, I want more. I want more. I want to experience a little bit of that without feeling like I'm inferior. So there should always be that hunger. And since we are, we are, Christianity is, is a relationship, we should always feel a little inferior because we're dealing with perfection. Oh, I don't want to feel, no, I, I feel, I don't feel inferior. I don't want to feel inferior. I want to feel loved by a superior. <laughs> Does that make sense? Um, I want him to fill me because I know that I'm people. Uh, there's nothing I can do except trust him. But my, if I could put my trust in him and see him do these things and experience that and know whom I believed and I'm convinced that he's able, then that's what I want. Um, many of us, many of our people have some lingering problems now. I'm pr we're praying for one of the men that now that we kind of concerned because he's a little depressed. He's kind of withdrawing a little bit. Well, what do we do? You know, and uh, Lord, it's not enough. I'm, I want to see what you can do in his life so that I can tell other people, you did it for him, you can do it for others. I mean, I always want to see something happen. You know, so Lord, teach me to walk in your ways. Teach me what, what you can do. Help me. You tell me to be... A, uh, exhort one another. So Lord, help me to be an exhorter. Help me to learn what that means. And so it's not enough to say, oh, oh, pat somebody on the back and be thou warm and filled. No, I've got to learn how to really be a help to people spiritually, uh, whatever it takes. And so, you know, te but then again, teach me how to do it so that I'm not giving some material thing when I should be giving some spiritual thing or vice versa, you know, does that make sense? I mean, you know, there again is sometimes we're so heavenly minded that not, we're, we're no earthly good. And then sometimes we're so earthly that we never even talked to heaven. And so it's always that balance. Lord, keep me walking. Keep me in stride with you. Tune me up. Help me to march with you because I am a weak, but thou art mighty. As we sing, bread of heaven, feed me till I want no more. Because I am just a pilgrim in this barren land. And that's going to be a problem. So we see he's, he's got this petition. He's got these desires. But then notice the perils that he notices also. Because in verses 36 and 37, he brings out two main ones. He says, incline my heart. No, there, there it is, that causal thing. Incline my heart to thy testimonies. Again, testimonies are things that we have seen God do. So, Lord, the things that uh, you've done through your word and not to covetousness. Boy, that's a big word. Covetousness, of course, is selfish gain. Uh, thou shalt not covet thy father's ox, nor his ass, nor his wife, mother, his wife or his neighbor, neighbor's goods or daughter or anything else. But the Lord really goes through a little list there, doesn't he? And so there again, Lord, help me not to have um, the wrong ideas and the wrong desires um, help me to avoid the Christian LSD. You know what? Uh, uh, we call it the Christian LSD. Uh, he says uh, that um, he says that the, for, the, for all that is in the world, the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the, the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life are not of the Father, but of the world. And so he tells me, so here he says, but lust, when it is, 
when lust, when it is uh, finished, brings forth sin. And sin, when it is finished, brings forth death. So lust, sin, death. So Lord, help me not to get into the lusting and then help me not to do the sinning. And of course, help me to stay. And you can think about each one of these. Think especially of Achan. Achan is a great uh, thing. Uh, He saw it. He wanted it and he took it. Lust and death. And what happened to him? He died. <laughs> you know, he got killed. And so uh, Achan, of course, was uh, the person who took the Babylonian garment there uh, in, um, in jo- the book of Joshua. You can think of Ahab. You think of Gehazi. Remember? And if you don't know these people, then it's a good time to go back and brush up on uh, your Old Testament. But Gehazi was what? Was whom? He was a uh, he was the servant of the prophet Elisha. And Elisha, remember, he sent the, the general back to uh, Syria. And um, as he was going, Gehazi went out and said, hey, really, uh, Elisha said that he didn't need anything from you, but well, he, we do. Remember that? And so they was coveting what, uh, you know, things that were ill-gotten that he should not have. And then, of course, you can think of Judas, or Ananias and Sapphira. You know, these are people that coveted things. They, they didn't, co- you know, Ananias and Sapphira, uh, they gave, but what they coveted was the glory. And so it's, you, could, you can covet a lot of different things. You could covet someone else's fame. You can covet someone else's car, whatever it is. But, uh, or, you know, so-and-so's got so-and-so, got something and I didn't get it. And so, and really, we're living in a world of covetousness today. Uh, after all, even the advertisements sell, you deserve a break today. Or you, you owe it to yourself or whatever. And we're living in a very narcissistic, as they call it, age, or a very selfish age. So Lord, help me to that covetousness that doesn't take over my heart. And then, um, of course, Colossians 3, 5 says, Therefore, put, death, uh, put, uh, put uh, to death your members, which are on the earth, fornication, uncleanness, uh, evil uh, or passion, um, evil concupiscence, what King James says, or evil desire. What is concupiscence? Boy, those are some of those good, fancy words that the King James comes up with. Concupiscence is that it is really deep inside you, and it's a, a deep lifestyle lust. So you got to deal with that. You got to, of course, we all have our urges and appetites, but we can't let them control us. And uh, as we saw earlier, where you know, Lord, don't let these things have dominion over me. And so, Lord, don't let me my old desires of the flesh have a, a take over my take over my life I, but but then again you get so much into it just uh, so should I not even have them no you've got them because that's just part of life but learning to control them learning how, how what that God wants in our lives uh, there's nothing wrong to want a nice juicy steak but if you got heart problems the doctor's telling you not to eat steak you better decide that you know, you know, don't cover someone else eating it, but whatever, you know, <laughs> but, uh, whatever. So, but you understand what I'm saying. It's the idea of controlling your appetites. And 
controlling your God-given appetites. So don't go, well, I shouldn't feel that way. Well, you no temptation taking you, but such is common to men. We all have our appetites. But how do I control them that they don't have dominion, but I have, but I, but I, I have command of them? And so, Lord, teach me. Uh, first of all, keep me away from covetousness. Don't let it get to the point where I've just got to have this material gain, a prideful gain, whatever it is. Help me to control, make me want to please you more than anything else in life rather than myself. And so, again, the idea of, Lord, incline my heart, keep me leaning on you and loving you. And then the second thing we see, turn away my eyes from looking at worthless things. Now, covetousness, we know, is idolatry because that's what Colossians says. But um, worthless things, King James says, vanity, emptiness, empty things. You think about it. Um, so this prayer uh, sacrifices the, uh, uh, specifies that the eyes may be turned away from the, tr- the trivialities by the grace of him who alone can shape the deeper destinies of our life. That's kind of a... Um, a mouthful. The idea, Lord, control, not only control my appetites, but give, change my want to her down deep inside. Make these things so little that, I mean, I've got something better to live for. Things that are higher, things that are nobler have alert my sight. And I like what uh, Isaiah, uh, Isaac Watts wrote, forbid it, Lord, that I should boast, save in the death of Christ my God, all the vain things that charm me most, I sacrifice them to his blood. So the idea of, Lord, I want, I want your will in my life. I want what you, I mean, I, I want the, the, the great, and I'm not there. Because there are times in my life where I start really wanting something that, that almost captivates me. But then again, you think about, well, how many times do I... Uh, you know, the, the weights that so easily beset us. Now, did I put that in? Uh, did it not come out? Okay, I thought I'd gone back and put it in. Maybe I, uh, I didn't. But, uh, of course, uh, or did I, did I take? Okay, what happened was I've got the old copy and then I went back and put that one in. So this, this copy doesn't have uh, Hebrews 12, 1 and 2 or Hebrews. But, you know, where he says, uh, let us um, lay, aside. lay aside every weight. Now, weight is it's kind of like the runner who runs. They'll put weights on their ankles to build up their stamina. But when it's time to run the race, you take them off. Now, with that, uh, think about some of the weights uh, that we have. One of the things I got to be careful with is uh, the internet. I mean, just getting on there and looking too much at uh, all the different uh, things that uh, all the, what they call click, clickbait or news. I watch too much news at times. I read, the Lord really has convicted me about that. Or sports. I get into a football game. My wife can tell you if I get in, if I tell you that let's go watch a football game together or some sports. Don't come over and think you're going to talk to me unless we're talking about that play. Because my wife will tell you, she's asking, well, what does that mean? Just, uh, yeah, I got to watch it, you know, if it's exciting. 
And so, uh, or if she's, you know, right in the middle of it, she's wanting to talk about uh, going shopping. I'm going, this is, you know, whatever. You know, I have, if, I'm, if I'm watching a football game, I'm going to watch it. If I'm watching a movie with her, I want to watch the movie. But she has a way of wanting to talk to me. And, and unfortunately, I, I'm saying that because other men say the same thing. So, <laughs> so it's one of those things where, you know, that's one of the, and I, how can women have a, what do they call it, multitask? They can listen and, and talk at the same time. Men can't do that. We've got to do one or the other. But, uh, uh, but there again is, uh, Lord, I want, you know, I want to, to be single-minded. This one thing I do, putting off the old man, putting on the new. And so this one thing, the forgetting those things which are past and pressing toward the mark of the prize of the call, high calling of Christ Jesus. So that's what Paul had. It was very single-minded, wasn't he? Uh, we can, well, we don't want to be a, you know, he was a master of one thing, and that was the word. Um, but, um, you know, what is it? Uh, a jack of all trades and masters of none? Well, we should be specialists in a few things, especially the word. But then, um, and then the plea that we have here, and this is what, you know, the Lord established my, and you'll notice that he uses the word revive a couple of times. He says, establish your word to your servant. That's the idea of, Lord, uh, change me through your word. Now, today we're having people argue with God about what his word says. But Lord, your word is eternal, uh, Isaiah 40, verse 8 says. And so, you know, you, you are eternal. Your word never changes. The, the, the grass withereth and the flower, no, the flower was the flower withereth and the grass whatever, the flower fades away, but he whoever does the will of God abides forever. But the idea then, Lord, establish your word. Change me through it. Help me to conform to your way because I know it doesn't change because I'm, devo I'm devoted to fearing you. It's kind of like Mary, whenever, uh, now you can imagine, here she is in her late teens probably, maybe 17 or whatever. And the Lord comes to her and tells her that she's going to have a child out of wedlock as far as the world is concerned and that she was going to carry the heavy burden of bringing forth the Messiah. And she says, how can these things be? And she, you can imagine uh, the questions that any girl, well, you, you ladies can imagine more than I can. But uh, just the thinking of what all that meant to a young girl who was looking forward to marry. Remember, she's already betrothed. And yet now she's going to have a child before she gets married. I mean, the ultimate marriage. She, betrothed meant at that time that they were already essentially married. They just hadn't had the wedding ceremony yet or the coming together. And so uh, they were, this was a, a legal contract by this time. And yet you know, the one th time that he could put her away was during this time. So, boy, he, she had all kinds of questions. What's going to happen to me? I'm going to be divorced. I'm going to be ostracized. I'm going to be, you know, the rest of my life, I'm going to be marked. And so, so she had all those thoughts in her mind. And yet the Lord told her she's going to bring forth the Messiah. And you notice what she said. I like that, where she says, 
let this be, let it be to me according to your word. So Lord, it's not my will, but yours. I mean, you're going to change everything about me within just the next year. But let it be, Lord, may I conform to you and that you're not conforming to me. And so that's total surrender. And that's uh, something that God expects each one of us. Well, and but don't we all have questions about that whenever the Lord tells us to do something? Well, wait a minute, what about this? What about that? What about this? And there's a hundred different questions we can ask. And rightfully so, because the Lord wants thinking people. He wants us to realize the dangers. He wants us to realize that whenever he says, okay, Lord, you told me to do it, and I'm going to just go, I'm going to charge hell with a, with a squirt gun because you tell me to go out and preach the gospel. And I, I remember a man saying that one time, and I charged hell with a squirt gun, and I got burnt, you know, you, you, because the devil's heavier. I mean, you've got to learn that simply because God wants you to do something doesn't mean you just throw off all planning and everything. Just You're just going to do what God tells you. No, uh, you make plans and that you're going to follow him. And even Mary, remember her, she even left and went to see her, see her, her aunt, who was a lot older than her. She needed some counsel. And she got confirmation, didn't she? I being in the way, the Lord led me. And so she went to her, and the first thing that, uh, that uh, Elizabeth said, there she is, and guess what? The first thing that happened before you even got here was the child kicked in my stomach. And, you know, and so was that, wasn't that a great thing? But that all it didn't happen simply because Mary said, you know, whatever God says, all you dumb people in Nazareth, this is what God, it wasn't going to work. You know, that's what they all say. That's what they'd probably say. But no, she had to realize that this is going to be a big burden. And yet, let it be so, uh, as you've said. So we see that um, uh, this, that's our Christmas message for the, today, but uh, for this coming month. But uh, we see, let it uh, be uh, to me according to your word. So change me, Lord, if that's what you want. And notice he says, turn away reproach, which I dread. Now, we've looked at that word reproach means embarrassment, a kind of a shame, or whatever, and there's two, and we have an argument about who is he talking about here? Is he talking about Lord? Uh, I feel like you're. Re- I'm under your reproach, maybe because he felt like he's sinful, um, and so he says. But your judgments are good, so Lord, forgive me, whatever it is, and I want to make sure that I'm right with you. Um, but then, uh, so the one thing we don't want to do is displease our Father, because the Lord Jesus Himself said, of course, what. I do all all those things to please him, to please my father. And so, Lord, I want to do everything to please you. And so, turn away my, the let, I mean, I want to have a sensitive conscience, conscience, so that if something does happen, that I, I sense it very quickly, that your reproach is coming, and that I get it right with you. My Lord, keep me right with you. But then there's the reproach of others. And of course, that's what Hebrews 13, 13 tells us, as well as 1 Peter chapter 4, that we are going to suffer reproach. I don't like what Paul says in 1 Timothy chapter 4 or chapter 3, where he says, they who walk godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. That is not a good promise. So we see that uh, 
uh, when God tells us to do something, there will be some challenges. Can we trust God in those areas? And then, so he tells us that uh, I'm to learn to take pleasure. Actually, this is Paul, good old optimistic Paul, where he tells us in Corinthians that he takes pleasure in his infirmities or in, in his, the reproach of man. Because if the right people hate me, then I know I'm doing God's will. If the devil hates what I'm doing, then I must be doing something right. Sometimes we have to look at the reproach of the world as a, bla- as a bag of, as a badge of honor. Um, someone can, said that you can tell a person by their friends and by their enemies. And so we, so we see that uh, he says, Lord, take away that. I, I dread, I hate reproach wherever it comes. I, I don't like to be shamed. I don't feel, like to feel like I'm disapproved even of you especially, but then of other people either. But there again, if it happens, make, I want to make sure it's the right people that don't like me. Because, and like, I, I like the way he's honest about it, which I dread. Does anybody like to be shamed? Does anybody like to be dis, you know, disapproved of? None of us. So is this guy being honest with us? Oh, no, man. I, gotta, I just trust God and boy, I don't care what other people think. Yes, you do. <laughs> we do. And so, uh, Lord, help me to learn how to bear the reproach of others. And most of all, make me sensitive to any time that you're a little displeased with me. Because I want to get it right. I want to make sure that I'm right there with you. So there's that word revive again. Revive me in your righteousness. I long for your precepts. I want to do the word precepts again is exactly. I want to be perfect in your sight. I'm not there but I want to work on it. So Lord, revive me, keep me going. Uh, may your precepts come alive in my heart. Change me from within, Lord. Make me where these things become intrinsic in my character so that many of them that I don't struggle with anymore, they're just part of me. i like, why are you here tonight? Because God's put a, a desire in your heart and you didn't even think about not being here. That's what I want in other areas of life too, isn't it? Oh, if I could just have them overall, that'd be great. But we all have those things that we struggle with. And as soon as you get with one, boy, I finally conquered that. Then there's something else going to come up there. That's the way it's always going to be until we see the Lord face to face. He's always going to be chipping away and working on us because we're still in this old flesh. And this old world's not our own home. We're just passing through because we're pilgrims. And as pilgrims, sometimes we get exhausted. But we have a God he says, as in thy days, so shall thy strength be. Can we trust him? Lord, revive me. Keep me going. Keep me, change me from within. Help me to learn to walk with you. And Lord, I'd really like to get to a point where some of these things I'm not struggling with anymore. Amen. Praise the Lord. Okay. Well, Lord bless you. And we will let the ladies...